Yes, okay then, here we go. Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT 20 betting show. The EFL continues. All systems go in League One and in League Two. And that's what we're focusing on today. This show is sponsored by Betfair. It's myself, Ali Maxwell, and guest host Nick Goff making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. This show is very strictly for over 18s only. And you can head to begambleaware.org to brush up on the risks that come with placing a bet. Uh, Pro punter Nick Goff with me once more, filling the gap temporarily left by Father George Ellick. A popular debut. Good to have you back on. How did you feel it went last week? I, I, I gather there were some frustrations with how those picks went. My first appearance on your pod coincided with my worst weekend punting of the season so far. So um, I'm not sure whether I can hold you to blame for that or not, but hopefully it will pick up. Yeah, really frustrating. But the, the, the nap played against 10 men for the last 20 minutes and the numbers came out quite well. Cambridge side, so I thought, in hindsight, we still think we're on a bit of value there, but it didn't win. Um, the... the the goals at Plymouth won one at half time. We're about a one to three shot to get home. This is just turning into a rant about my bad luck, isn't it? No one really <laughs> wants to hear that. But the uh, the goal scorer made made a few waves, didn't it? So that was fun. <laughs> it's probably my favourite thing that's happened on the betting show this this year. Actually, no offence to George, was you putting Tom Lockyer any time up as your goals pick. And on Saturday late morning, I noticed that Betfair, our sponsors, had posted that outside of Erling Haaland the most backed anytime goal scorer on site in the world was Tom Lockyer for Luton. And there was a ton of Luton fans just could not get their heads around it, understandably. Um, but we knew why. It was it was the power of Nick Goff's goal scorer pick. And I would normally take the mick out of George for bemoaning bad luck. But James Trafford, the bottom keeper, made a brilliant save off Harvey Nibs to gub your nap. Michael Cooper, the Argyle keeper, made some great saves uh, in the second half to keep that game under 2.5 goals. And then here with Lockyer, it's probably the worst of the lot. He had a header from a free kick on 19, a header from a corner on 24, a header from a corner on 36. That's that's all you ask from your centre-back that you've backed to score. So, I mean... Absolutely summed up my weekend. Sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. <laughs> All right, Eric Cantona. Uh, and for me, it was kind of the same as, as the week before. Um, a small chunk of profit, which I will take every week if I could. That was mainly thanks to a nap winner. Crew beating Cole U at 6-5. to five. Bit of a fortunate winner, to be honest. They weren't very good. But thankfully, nor are Colchester. Uh, and I laid Bolton at Cambridge. They didn't win, so that was uh, a good thing. My next best, Rochdale lost. My Portsmouth and Barnsley both to win under 2.5 at 19-1. to one. I was a bit annoyed about Barnsley did what was asked with a 1-0 win. Pompey won all at Morecambe. A bit disappointing there. Although Wickham did beat Forest Green comfortably, Sam Vokes didn't really trouble the goalkeeper. So two winners from five and a small bit of profit. Nick, EFL, this weekend, what's your best bet? What's your nap? I, I said last week that while I'm on the show, my, 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 my logic behind the naps is not going to be trying to compete with George hitting 10 in a row so I'm just going to go for big price outsiders who I think have got more of a chance than the prices suggest and see if I can land on one or two um, in the short time I'm going to be with you guys uh, and today we're going to go to the West Midlands and take an away underdog at 15 to 4 Crawley Town uh, away to the Saddlers of Warsaw um, because I feel there's enough reason to believe that a corner is really being turned at Crawley now uh, I think perhaps they've stumbled across, I might be unkind to, court, to say stumbled across, found a formation that suits them. They played a back three all the time under Kevin Betsy, whose, um, whose time there was sort of ill-fated and it just didn't work out. 
um, which is always a shame to see for these young guys that come through from Premier League academies. You'd like to see them do well, but it, it didn't work for him. Uh, they stayed with that back three initially after he went, but it wasn't working. They moved to a 4-4-2 a couple of times and that it didn't quite work either. And they sort of good. They've now come across this 4-3-3 with, a, with three sort of in midfield shoring things up, Hessenthaler, Powell and Jenks. And then they've got the the big three up front of Ashley Nadsey and uh, Nichols and, and Dom Telford, who all played together, I believe, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the first time they've all started together in a league game for Crawley. Uh, and at the start of the season, I'm sure they'd be thinking that if they wanted to, to do anything this year, at least two, if not all three of those those players would be a big part, would be intra- instrumental in what they needed to do. Well, maybe now they found a way to get all, all three of them fit and on the pitch and in a formation that gets the best out of uh, uh, all three of them, hopefully. If those three start to click as a combination, there's going to be a lot of goals to come in Crawley Town. It's, it's still a bit of an if, but last weekend at home to Barrow was one of their better performances of the season so far, no doubt. They scored very early. And the numbers of the game are pretty level. Crawley perhaps coming out a slightly the better side. But the, but game state-wise, 85 minutes of that game, they've been holding on to a league lead. So we can say, well done, Crawley. Well played. You you deserved your win over playoff chasing Barrow. Then the midweek before that, they went to Burnley in the Cup. Both sides rotated a bit, as you will do in the Carabao. But they've led there and only very late have gone uh, got beat at Burnley, who are probably going to be in the Premier League next year. Uh, before that, they had an excellent draw at Bradford, who we know we're pretty sure will be top seven themselves. And they beat Mansfield 3 2 at home, who can be inconsistent, but they'll probably be top seven themselves too. So I really think Crawley are playing at a mid table level now and go away to a side who are also playing at about a mid table level. And while Michael Flynn continues to sort of put his mark on, on the club at Warsaw and, and he will improve them, there's no doubt about that, he's a good manager. It's still a fairly mixed bag of results there. And one week you look at Warsaw and think, yeah, Flynn's getting his act together and, and Warsaw are picking up. And then the next week they throw in a real damp squib of a performance. So still inconsistent. And you want to you want to impose inconsistent sides when they're odds on, like they are here. Don't get many opportunities to do that really in League Two because the the the, the gulf between the haves and the have nots is fairly low. They don't score enough goals, Warsaw. Only 21 goals in 18 games. And so if we're going to get a dour, gritty affair and it comes down to a few chances at each end. Which front, which front two or front three combo do you want on your side? And I think for the first time in a while, you can say Crawley Towns. Mm. So fifteen to four, almost four to one, away from home, it's a chance I'm more than willing to take. I'd say another huge difference for Crawley in the last few weeks, although it's early days, is the goalkeeping situation with Ellery Balcom, uh, who's on loan from Brentford, coming in for the last couple of games. Um, the keeper before him, Corey Adai, and it's borne out in the numbers. So I am. This isn't a subjective uh, opinion. This is an objective opinion. Not a very good goalkeeper by the looks of things. Um, and that wasn't helping a team that was already quite low on confidence and already facing quite a lot of shots. Um, they've tightened up a little bit and they've got Bolcom in goal, who in previous loan spells, me and George have both mentioned that he does have a bit of a howler in him. But overall, I'd say really athletic goalkeeper and a, and a good shot stopper. And he's got a huge kick as well. Set up that goal against Burnley in the cup with a, a long punt downfield onto the on-running Telford. So Crawley, your nap. Mine is your nap from last week, Cambridge, to beat Accrington at home at 2.4. Uh, I will feel 
a little bad if they win, as it was your nap from last week. And I sort of managed to benefit from that in a sense, in that I laid their opposition uh, as well, Bolton in, in there. It was 0-0 against Bolton. It was a decent display from this Cambridge side who are on a really poor run of results, uh, an even game really, uh, but they did have the game's biggest chance, Nibs being denied by Trafford. They had more shots on target. Uh, it, it was by no means dominant, and it'd be wrong to say that, but I'd still say a positive performance against a, a decent Bolton side, albeit one that, that we didn't think were in their best shape. This is mainly about Accrington, to be honest, less about Cambridge. Accrington do not travel well. This season away from home, nine games in the league, only eight points accrued. That's uh, five defeats from nine, two draws and two wins. Last season away from home, 23 games played, only 19 points taken, 14 defeats in their 23 away last season, uh, the four draws and the five wins. They've had an interesting evolution over the last few years in League One, Accrington. As we know, they are they are up against it when it comes to attracting League One quality players in the first place. And when they have them, they find it very difficult to keep hold of them. So Colby Bishop and Dion Charles probably being the the clearest examples of players who Accrington gave a chance to, got right where no one else wanted to take a punt, and now they play for two of the bigger hitters at the level. It's hard to keep turning over players like that and, and maintain the same level. So Accrington took a different approach at the start of last season. Coleman changed the style completely and went proper, like, aerial bombardment, take as many shots as we can from anywhere on the pitch, pump a load of balls into the box and see what happens. And it was pretty effective. I think I think having such an extreme style was a positive, was a reason why they, again, stayed up pretty comfortably. This season, they're either finding it harder to do that and they're not helped with, with injuries at the top of the pitch and, and not having a striker that is both readily available and as competent, I think, playing that sort of style of play. Or... Coleman's realised that teams are now, after a whole season of it, a bit savvier to it and basically a bit smarter and they kind of know how to cancel it out. That wouldn't be a surprise either. Whatever it is, it's not really working for Accrington, who are right down at the bottom, just above the relegation zone. They're normally starting strong and well clear at this stage. I'm pretty worried for them in general, and particularly away from home, where they just really struggle to to pick up any amount of points. Um Combine this season and last season, the away record, 32 away games, 19 defeats. So they've lost about 60% of their games, conceding 61 and scoring 26 from 32 games. So that's bad on both ends. A minus 35 goal difference in 32 games. So more than a goal worse off than their opposition on average over a 32-game sample size. That gives me confidence to back Cambridge, despite the fact they're missing a couple of players uh, and they don't have a big squad themselves, despite the fact they're on poor form. Uh, only one win in their last eight, only two in their last 11. I still believe they've got a good group of attacking players in particular, all of them still fit. Ironside up top, the pivot, and then pick two or three of Nibs, Smith, Lancaster, Tracy, Brophy. doesn't really matter to me necessarily which ones play. I like Sam Smith. I mentioned him last week on the pod. I think he's been getting unlucky rather than playing poorly. Tons of shots. He's a a high-volume attacking player, the sort that I think you want in your team. But he didn't start last week. Um, I'd like to see him starting for the sake of my nap. Um, I think he's just on a cold streak, but that will end soon. And yeah, still rate Mark Bonner. Still think he's a broadly a good tactician. It's been a, a weird couple of months uh, with him, you know, very publicly being in for the Rotherham job and then pulling out last minute. I'm putting my trust in him and on Ca- and in Cambridge to win this. Um, probably wouldn't have the confidence to back it at even money but all the way out at 2.4 I can't resist this so Cambridge to beat Accrington 7-5 to five, my nap next best
My next best is up in League One, and it's Lincoln at 10 to 11 at home to Morecambe. Um, if we look at the last eight games Lincoln have played since the 1st of October, they've played Bolton Wanderers, Charlton Athletic, Ipswich Town, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley, Plymouth Argyle last week. Uh, they Port Vale away a couple of games ago, and Port Vale are playing at a pretty good level at the moment, so that's a tricky game. The only one game in the last eight where you could look at it and say, I oh, quite fancy Lincoln to win this game on paper was Accrington at home. In that run of eight games, they've beaten Ipswich, the best team in the league. And they've drawn with Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth, arguably the second and third best teams in the league, and Charlton as well, um, sitting sort of respectably 13th in the league, only five points off the playoffs after a real horror eight games. It's tough and eight games as you'll get. And now with a run of fixtures through to Christmas that on paper give them a chance to go on a run and get into a top 10 spot, which no one really saw Lincoln achieving this year, I don't think. Um, so perhaps Lincoln aren't getting the credit for what what they've done mm. quite enough because the league table doesn't you know doesn't speak glowingly about them at the moment. Maybe in a few weeks it will, and then people will will see Lincoln as playing very well, and, and we might be able to jump on a bus here before it's left the station. They play play against Morecambe, who and again making a decent fist of survival in a league they've got no right to be in really based on their budget and the size of the club remember the year they got promoted from league 2 they were they were they were favorites for relegation from league 2 never mm. mind league 1 so i i don't think they'll be able to stay up this time just because i don't think there are four teams that are going to be bad enough in league 1 for them to to to, to clamber their way above not taking anything away from morecambe but when almost any league 1 side is at home to morecambe with the definite exception of Forest Green and maybe a possible exception of Cheltenham, anything around evens, I'd want to be on that side to just to have too much power for, for Morecambe. Um, and, and that's why at 10 to 11 here, um, with Lincoln finally getting an opportunity to play a side who, on paper, man for man, they're better than, I, I want to be with them. OK, my next best uh, didn't go well last week with Rochdale. I made a big deal of the year of the stance, etc. So I was tempted to, to keep stancing with Rochdale away at Saturn at 3.6. Saturn not in great shape at the moment, but I'm just going to put that Rochdale stance on the back burner until Scott Quigley returns. I might be over uh, overrating Quigley's impact, but I really think he's a much better option for what they're trying to do under Bentley than Ian Henderson. So until Quigley's back, I'm just going to, you know, put them out to, to pasture. I'm going to back Newport to beat Gillingham at 10 to 11 at 1.91 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, I backed them two weeks ago in my nap to beat Colu in the cup and they did so. They beat Colu two weeks before in the league at home as well. I, I still think they look a very different team under Graham Coughlin. Uh, they've beaten Colchester twice, league and cup. They drew with Mansfield and Northampton looking very impressive in both games. They lost to Stockport last weekend uh, from 1-0 up, lost 2-1. I'm not too put off by a defeat against Stockport because I really feel, and it's happened quite quickly, that Stockport are, in the last few weeks, looking very strong. Finally, like the, the team we were kind of promised pre-season. Uh, and also, I'm not worried and put off by that defeat because Gillingham are nothing like Stockport in basically every way. Uh, they, like Colchester, who I've backed against uh, for my nap the last two weeks. They've played eight away games. They've drawn three. They've lost five. They've only scored two goals in their A-League games. Six times they've drawn a blank. Their non-penalty XG per 90 away from home is about 0.5. It's about as low as I've ever seen. Their, their open play numbers in general are, are a disgrace 
to be frank, they're a disgrace for a professional football team, uh, particularly one that was playing in the league above last season. It's it's pretty miserable. It's very negative vibes. It's disinterest all over. It's poor players. And it's a manager in Neil Harris that a lot of people thought was alone enough to, to have them contending in some cases. And it turns out, unsurprisingly, it's not just about the manager, but everything else. And everything else really is conspiring against Neil Harris. That's even without questioning some of the decisions that he has made uh, since he's been Gillingham manager. So basically, similar to getting against Cole U away from home, which has worked quite well. I think Gillingham are basically as bad as Colchester when they travel uh, up against a Newport side that uh, I think are uh, in general looking sharp and in decent nick under Graham Coughlin. Omar Bogle up front particularly looks pretty sharp and... I'll just be hoping for him to get a chance, take a chance in the first half, get Newport ahead, and I'd expect a pretty easy ride if they do score the first goal. So it's all about them imposing themselves on Jills at 0-0. Newport to beat Gillingham at 10-11 with the Betfair Sportsbook's my next best. Hey, don't forget that it's Bet10 Get2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And that means if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. The T's and C's in the description of the podcast. Bet10 Get2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, over on the Betfair Exchange, Nick, I'm delighted to say we've got a double lay. Yes. When I used to do, when I used to just be a mere listener to this podcast, and, and occasionally you come up with a double, and I just used to think, oh, I must have spoke about it beforehand and, and known this was coming. So what's all this faux surprise about? But now I'm on here, I know for a fact that you don't speak in advance about what you're going to put up. Um, so that was a surprise to hear that, that we're both going for the same. Although I'm not that surprised because this kind of, Kind of sticks out, doesn't it, in a league where there's so little between the haves and the have-nots. To have Barrow at 165 here at home to Hartlepool, this does stick out to me as a little bit too short. And we, we can illustrate the difference between the haves and have-nots being so small here compared to a league like League One, where you, you see Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday coming up against a, a Forest Green or a, or a Morecambe. And the gulf between those sides and those budgets is absolutely enormous. Just isn't really the case in League Two, where even the best teams come up against the worst teams and, and it, it's a lot more level player for player. And although we would expect Barrow to be too good for Hartlepool here, I would by no means be surprised if Hartlepool are able to get a result. In midweek, Hartlepool have had to play 120 minutes against Solihull from the National League in the Cup. And that could be seen to be a bit of a negative, but I'm, I am I put a positive spin on that personally. Mm-hmm. I think the, this this idea of giant killings when the, when the top of National League come up against the bottom of League Two is not a giant killing anymore. And it's almost to be semi-expected. Uh, and for Hartlepool to to have to go away for the first game and get a result and then come back home and, and see Solihull off when there's really nothing between those sides at the bottom of League 2 and the top of National League anymore, uh, is a, you know, they've avoided that banana skin. They've got themselves into the hat for the second round. Um, and that should really be seen as a positive. And they can go to Barrow, which isn't that long a journey, and I'm sure they'll take a, a decent travelling support with them. Uh, they, they can go there with a bit more confidence than they've had not wanting to take anything away from Barrow who come out really you know, what Pete Wilde's done there is very good this year they come out very strongly on my numbers they're a legitimate top seven challenger who can be in that playoff race until the end of the season but you know that's even after you know we've, we've, we've touched on that quite, quite below par showing at Crawley last week conceded very early and didn't do enough really to come back into the game aside from that 
they're a, a top seven challenger who more than likely will win this game. But betting is all about value and all about trying to find wrong prices. And I think at 165, we can we can say Barrow are probably a bit short here. Came at it from from exactly the same angle. Wouldn't have looked at the fixtures, you know, just on paper without prices and gone, oh yeah, I want to get against Barrow and with Hartlepool. But to see them at, at such a short price on the exchange was yeah, shocking enough that then it felt like it kind of had to be the lay, uh, especially given the reduced slate and just two leagues to work with. Um, absolutely see why Barrow are favourites and would be favourites. It makes complete sense. But they're also just not the sort of team that I would want to back at a price this short in terms of their style and the way that they play in open play, the way that they've won games or not this season. They're simply not dominant enough, basically, for me to want to back a them at this price and in the seven games they've conceded the first goal out of 18 they've lost them so again that makes me think that playing on the front foot having the onus on them to break a team down to, to score goals that's where they've they've struggled a bit so I think if Hartlepool can show a modicum of grit and resilience then Barrow will, will at least find it awkward so at 1.65 you just you really want to be sure a team's going to dominate the game dominate the shot count dominate the xg and I don't know for sure that they're going to do that, Barrow, because although they're a good team, particularly out of possession, I don't think they are a hugely dominant team in open play. So we're both laying Barrow, which means we can move on to a goals pick. Yeah, on the goals, I'm going to, so there's a there's a phrase if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it was actually broke last week. So it didn't win <laughs> with the Plymouth over two and a half. But the the logic isn't broke. That. Uh, the, 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 the those that listened last week, the, the 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 principles I put up for wanting to be with pl- goals in Plymouth away games at the moment, that the, the result didn't happen, but the logic I think played out. It was one one at half time. There's loads of um, high value chances both ways in the second half, especially for Lincoln actually. Um, and and the theory there was that Plymouth's style would um, kind of override Lincoln's and lead to a um, a more high scoring game. In this case, at about four to five over two and a half uh, for Burton versus Plymouth, I don't even think we need the style to override someone else's because the way Burton play at home can be conducive to goals as well. And and sort of overish games as seen uh, as witness last week when they drew 3-3 at home to Charlton. They had a 3-2 at home to Forest Green not so long ago, uh, 4-2 loss at for- uh, Sheffield Wednesday. So... Burton are no stranger to games getting open and and, and lively themselves. Uh, And I I do believe, as an aside, Burton are playing much better than the league position suggests. And I think um, Dino Mamaria will get them out of the the bottom four and will will keep them up. But this this bet suggestion is all about um, how many high-value chances you can see being created at either end in this game. And for me, it's one where I want to be on on, on the goals. Uh, last week, we we're one to three at half time. Uh, it happens. That's betting. It didn't cop. If we're one one again at half time this week, I'll expect us to win. I'm glad to hear it because it is it's a small variable of what is quite a long price goals pick for me. I am. I'm not sure if I've said this on the pod yet. It seems as good as time as any. I'm off on Sunday on my honeymoon uh, with my wife. Uh, five months after. The wedding took place. Yeah, we're off to South Africa on uh, on Sunday for two weeks and very, 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 very excited about it. And I wanted to do something on the betting show and something with my punting before we fly just to try and, and 
just to try and persuade Cupid or the betting gods or whichever higher power you want to, you know, just send us off with a, a little wedding gift. So I've got a hundred to one honeymoon goals pick, right? 20 rand to the pound. They've got some good meats. They got some good wines. I'm pretty excited about all of it. But, you know, this would go quite a long way to giving us quite a lot of steak and quite a lot of wine. It's a fourfold team to win and over 2.5 goals, which, as I say it, I realise that, you know, it's never going to happen. But who knows? 100 to 1 honeymoon shot starts with two home teams at very short prices, Oxford and over 2.5 goals. I think that they'll swarm all over Forest Green here. Bit of extra confidence in the tank after last week's win against Vale, who are a significantly better side, particularly in terms of shape and defensive structure to Forest Green, who I think are floundering at the moment, as I mentioned on last week's betting show. I think Oxford and over 2.5 at 2.3. And Swindon, they're big rivals to beat Crew and over 2.5 goals. This one's probably got... Uh, less of a goal expectancy, I would imagine, because crew games have been pretty turgid affairs this season. I'm really worried about crew. Uh, I was already quite worried about how they were playing, but felt that they had one of the best strikers in the league in Courtney Baker-Richardson. And then early this week, it came out that he's been ruled out for many months. And now I'm super worried about crew. I think Swindon and the quality that they have and the confidence that they have over the last few months will tell here. So I think Oxford and Swindon, both over 2.5 goals, 2.3 and 2.6 respectively. Then it gets a bit a bit livelier. Burton and over 2.5 against Argyle at 3-1. to one. Argyle's XG against is not just surprisingly bad for league leaders. It's genuinely amongst the worst in the whole division. They've obviously got an incredible goalkeeper, but... Broadly, I would say that there might be a few negative results on the horizon if they can't stop the opposition from creating the quality of chances that they are at the moment. They're missing Finazaz, they're missing Dan Scar, two key men in their starting eleven, and a couple of others. At Burton, much improved under Dino, not relegation fodder, as you say, despite the league position, and they love going for it, over uh, averaging three goals a game under Marmaria. And the last one, the longest price of the four, Bristol Rovers and over 2.5 goals against Peterborough. I like Bristol Rovers here. I like their attacking intent. Their home games, for the most part, are just straight shootouts. That's how they manufacture them. That's how they like them. I don't think they're going to come up against a Peterborough side that's going to be too upset about that because we know that Peterborough, as a club in general, don't mind a shootout of their own. Uh, Rovers have had overs 2.5 goals in two-thirds of their home games and Peterborough in seven of their nine away games. Now, Posh are the favourites here, but I don't like Peterborough away from home. I think they're vulnerable. Um, they've lost six of nine away from home and I think they're just a little fair weather. I think they're a bit soft at the back. I, I definitely think with Bristol Rovers front players, Loft, Coburn, Collins, Marquis, whoever it is, that they can absolutely hurt Posh here. So I want to be on Bristol Rovers' side. I certainly see goals here. So at the longest price of the four, it's probably the one that I would back if I had to choose a single here. But my one point's going on at 104.65 and it's Oxford and over 2.5 goals, Swindon and over 2.5 goals, Burton and over 2.5 goals and Bristol Rovers and over 2.5 goals. Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can easily add trending EFL Bet Builder selections and whisper it. World Cup bet builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. You'll find them on the football section of the Betfair Sportsbook app. Betfair's bet builder combine various selections from one match easily into one bet. Quick goal scorer before we let you go. 
Yeah, so we, we had some fun with Tom, Tom Lockyer. It's great fun making bookies scared of something, isn't it? And they built up a liability and they wouldn't have been able to figure out why to start with. And it was um, it was little old us doing it. And that, that's great fun. It didn't win, so um, we, we can't eat that value. But let's try again. Uh, and now that there's no Erling Haaland playing this weekend, perhaps Fraser Blake, Blake, Blake Tracy will be the highest back goal scorer in any <laughs> league this weekend. He's 13 to 1 to score any time for Swindon. That's Fraser Blake Tracy. I, I made a mess of saying his name first time. Um, who plays for Swindon. They're playing at home to Crew, who are a side that my numbers have as the sixth worst for defending set pieces, opportunities allowed from set pieces. Uh, in that division, so we found, so again we're trying to find a player who might have more chance of scoring this weekend than in a normal week. He's already scored one this season away to Swindon. He can play either as a left back, which allows him to get forward a little bit in open play as well, or as a left centre back, and he goes up for all the set pieces. Uh, Swindon uh, moved between those formations in the last couple of games, but either way, I think he'll start the game in one of those two positions. And watching back a bit of video, it seems they send him up for pretty much every set piece. Um, and he seems to be averaging a chance about every other game, which is at 13 to 1 anytime is as much as you can ask for. So I think there's enough reasons here to to, to try to stay um, with the the Lockyer type angle and try and find a big price that we can all we can all back to to, um, to try and make a few quid at a big price. I was going to say don't trust a man with three first names, but Fraser Blake <laughs> Fraser Blake Tracy is a ridiculous name to do that with because Fraser a surname as well, Blake a first name and a surname, Tracy a female first name and also the surname of a current EFL player, Shiloh Tracy. So just don't trust him, but do trust him to score this weekend as per Nick Goff. For my goal scorer pick, it's back to the mem here. League One's top two goal scorers go head to head and Johnson Clark Harris has 12 and Aaron Collins has 10. But just like I did in the goal section, I want to lean towards Bristol Rovers. I want to be gassy this weekend Actually, best not if I've got an 11-hour flight. Anyway, uh, I'm going for the man that they call Azza, uh, Aaron Collins of Bristol Rovers, to score any time at 3.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. He's got the highest total XG in League One this season. He's taken the most shots in League One this season. He's scored 10 goals in 18 games. And I think all of that combined means that over 2-1 to one for him to score any time, especially in a home game, especially in a game that I think has a high goal expectancy, is very generous indeed. Uh, Johnson Clark-Harris is down at 2.38 for reference. Posh haven't kept an away clean sheet this season. They've conceded 18 in their nine away games, two a game. They went away to Salford on Wednesday night in the Cup. They did keep a clean sheet there and won 3-0. But it was more or less a first team apart from Clark-Harris. So a sharp Aaron Collins against maybe a, a slightly fatigued and certainly quite vulnerable back line away from home. I like that. He scored seven. He scored in seven of his 18 league games this season. And on three of the seven occasions, he has scored twice. So there's two aspects to this. I've always talked of him as being a streaky player. So it makes sense in my head that he'd be the sort of guy that's likely to score another when he gets one. When he's on it, Collins looks absolutely unstoppable at the moment. I want to get a brace on side as well because I think that's on the cards here. He's 13-1 to 1 to score twice. So I'm going to do three quarters of a point on Aaron Collins anytime. 
and a quarter of a point on the brace at 12 to 1. Uh, there we go. That'll do us. Before we let you go and enjoy the World Cup weekend and the EFL weekend, hopefully, could we get you to recap your selections? Yes, I am napping Crawley Town at 15 to 4 away to Warsaw. My next best is Lincoln to beat Morecambe at home at 10 to 11. My latest Barrow 165 at home to Hartlepool. Uh, on the over two and a half goals bus again with Plymouth away to Burton and goal scorer is Fraser three first names Blake Tracy <laughs> 13 to one yeah we've established a new player nickname here which is always a favourite pastime of mine Fraser Blake Tracy will henceforth be known as first name last name my picks this week are as follows my nap Cambridge to beat Accrington at 2.4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Newport County to beat Gillingham at 10 to 11 in League Two. I've laid Barrow 1.65 on the exchange, same as Nick. My goals quad is Oxford and over 2.5 goals against Forest Green. Swindon and over 2.5 goals against Crew Alex. Burton and over 2.5 goals against Plymouth Argyle. And Bristol Rovers and over 2.5 goals against Peterborough. The honeymoon quad. At 104.65, might be, might be, might be my longest ever pick on the betting show. Might be. Might have had a final day of the season rogue hat-trick scorer at 125 to 1 or something. Not sure. Doesn't matter too much, does it? Let's head into the weekend with a smile on our face. Let's thank Nick Goff for being such a great sport and filling in for George Ellick last week, this week as well. Such a treat listening to him talk betting uh, and thank you so much to Nick for coming on the pod he'll be back next week with George while I'm away sunning myself and eating prime steak cuts and drinking the best wine that South Africa has to offer with my honeymoon gold quad winnings um, and I hope you have a good weekend as well massive thank you to Betfair as well for sponsoring this podcast uh, make sure that you enjoy the weekend if you're thinking of having a bet please gamble responsibly uh, otherwise Best of luck and go well.